All right. Well, welcome everyone to another uh, episode of Conversations on Care, a Facebook talk show. We bring together service providers, our clients, our caregivers to help families better understand and cope with their aging parents with chronic care needs. Uh, my name is Julie Collada, and I am the founder and president of Open Arms Solutions, a senior care agency serving the Chicagoland area, specializing in holistic chronic care needs. It's our mission to help you through this journey and to know that your loved one is living their best life possible. And as a reminder, if the folks that are tuning in, if you find these dialogues helpful, please do give us a like and a share so that we can reach more people who, who can really benefit from this information. If you have questions on topic or topics you'd like to learn more about, please, please contact us. You can write them in the comments be below, or you can certainly call us at our offices. Um, very excited about our guest today. Um, with me is Tom Whitaker. And Tom is the executive director of the Carrington of Lincolnwood, a truly beautiful senior living community in Lincolnwood, Illinois. And the topic that we felt was the most appropriate for the times of today were adjusting to life after COVID. Um, the description of what we're going to be talking about is as we continue this journey post pandemic, it's important to take a look at life and the way we live, we live it differently now. We are, and Tom, as I said, is the executive director. It, the, it, the Carrington is a purpose-built residential senior living community. And so nice to have you here again, Tom. Thank you for um, having me. I am, I am very biased when I say this, but I am, uh, the Carrington truly is a beautiful community. Um, the thought that went into it and just the, you know, I know there's a whole lot more than aesthetics in the community. And we're going to talk about that and you're going to talk about that, but it's truly a beautiful community when you walk in. There is just, you know, high ceilings, beautifully appointed, multi, you know, rooms, specialty rooms. It's a, it's a beautiful community. Um, so tell us a little bit just to get people a little insight into you, tell us about you and how did you start your career in senior living and, and ultimately how did you arrive at the Carrington at this point in your career as the executive director? Sure. Um, I became interested in senior living due to a personal experience. My grandmother uh, lived alone for many years after my grandfather passed. Um, she became increasingly isolated, and unfortunately, uh, she was financially taken advantage of by a family friend. Uh. Uh, very disheartening experience, um, but as a family, we felt that her being isolated in the home for many years uh, contributed to that. Uh, how I came to be in senior living professionally uh, I was at Loyola University Chicago in graduate school and did a research project on hospital health foundations that do fundraising, became specifically interested in senior living communities, 
and I actually started my first role uh, over 10 years ago as a concierge at the front desk. So I've been a concierge, I've been an assistant in the sales office, uh, I've been an accountant, a business office manager, and I came to the Carrington for the business office manager role about two and a half years ago and um, became executive director approximately one year ago. Yeah, you know, that's, I've had the pleasure of knowing you over that period of time and um, and it's been fun to watch you, you know, take on more and more responsibilities. Um, it's a big job. Being an executive director of a senior living community, there's just so much responsibility there. And I really appreciate your story. You know, it was a personal, my, a lot, you know, many of us who have done things outside of senior living um, end up in senior living because of a personal experience. And, um, you know, I, I imagine this is true for you. I know it is for me. When you can do have a career that is so purpose driven, and and you know how important what you're doing is to change the lives of people you're helping, it uh, I can't imagine going back to what I was doing before. So we're both very very fortunate uh, that we're doing what we're doing. So. Tell us more about the Carrington. A lot of people are listening in. We're going to talk about COVID a little bit and what happened, you know, and how you navigated things so well through COVID. But tell us a little bit more about the Carrington because there's people listening in that have never been there. Sure. So the Carrington is located in Lincolnwood, Illinois, which is a village just north of Chicago. Uh, it's very close to Skokie and Evanston in the North Shore Chicago area. Uh, the Carrington was uh, designed by South Bay Partners, and South Bay is out of Dallas, Texas. They've been designing communities for over 20 years, and so we have the benefit of all their experience in this next generation design. And part of that is we have 383 apartments. Uh, we have multiple levels of care. It's a rental community. So a major difference when you're talking about senior living is the Carrington is not one of those communities that has a very, very large buy-in fee. Uh, a rental community means there is a, a one-time community fee that's paid when you move in. It's approximately the same as one month's rent. And then you can rent for as long as you like. Uh, but the nice part is that we have multiple levels of care. So out of those 383 apartments, um, 251 are independent living. We have 44 memory care apartments, and then we have 88 apartments in our assisted living area, which includes our mezzanine program, uh, which the mezzanine program is for adults who may have uh, signs of cognitive changes or memory loss but might not be exactly appropriate for a memory care setting just yet. Um, some of the features that South Bay Partners incorporated into the Carrington that really show that next generation design are, we have, as you mentioned before, Julie, some really nice two-story common areas on the first floor with tons of natural light that come in. That's yeah. usually what residents and family members say when they walk in. It's so bright in here. It looks mm -hmm. so modern. 
Uh, we have extra wide hallways, which just make it uh, easier to stop and chat, socialize, um, seating areas for residents to take a rest. And uh, we also have over a dozen common area rooms. So a lot of activities can go on at the same time. And even um, what we'd call uh, unscheduled activities, maybe it's not on our calendar, but residents get together to play bridge, rummy cube, mahjong and and just chat in one of the areas so it's it's really a bright vibrant community um and it's it always brings a smile to my face to see residents having a good time oh yeah yeah and whenever i'm in the carrington it, it's it's fun to see in because of covid this past year i haven't been in the carrington but prior to covid um it was really, you know, it is. It's such a great feeling when you see seniors really engaged in living life and enjoying. Um, and, and and you see a lot of that at the Carrington. And I'm looking forward to coming back in and being able to see that again. Um, you talked about um, why well, the different levels of care. So just can you briefly describe what those are? I know I, I want to ask you a, a, a question about some, uh, I know you have a very unique program called the Mosaic program that I want to ask you about. But when you think about a community like the Carentine, what are the different levels of care? And what would be an example of why someone would be in the different levels of care or why that would be a good fit for those folks? Sure. So uh, with independent living, um, residents move in, they have their apartment here, um, and they have, there's a variety of resources available to them. Um, but essentially it's, it's, an, it's enhanced living. So many of our residents move in for, uh, you know, access to care, uh, the security of living in a community that's monitored 24 seven and then our food and beverage program with our, our dining areas. Um, in terms of what's available to independent living residents, I'll, I'll answer that in detail when we talk a little bit further about the Mosaic program. Okay, okay sure. Uh, our assisted living, we have nursing on staff 24 hours a day. So that's a, a nurse on staff, uh, at least one 24 hours a day all of our caregivers are certified nursing assistants, uh, which is not always the case in some assisted living communities. And, and they help our residents in assisted living with activities of daily living. So if an older adult needs help with um, getting up in the morning, maybe transferring out of the bed, uh, getting dressed, showering, bathing, toileting, uh, medication assistance from our nurses that's available in our assisted living with the uh, mezzanine program for residents who may have early signs of memory loss or some cognitive decline we have our six pillars program which involves support for where they are currently we we meet them where they're at we join that journey uh, we have dedicated life enrichment staff both in independent living, assisted living, memory care, and mezzanine that provide exercise activities, engagement, arts, uh, and really just trying to uh, 
provide the highest quality of life for the residents in the community setting where they can socialize with neighbors. Uh, our memory care area is a secure area for residents who have a dementia diagnosis. And that is, um, we have a secure interior courtyard. So there's outdoor space, there's programming seven days a week. And uh, it's a secure area where families can feel that peace of mind that their loved one is being cared for. Uh, we have nursing staff 24 hours a day in memory care as well, and they know that they're safe. Wonderful. Right, that's a great uh, explanation, and I'm sure that's helpful for folks listening in. Uh, so now, under what makes the Carrington unique from other senior living communities, tell us more about the Mosaic program and how it enhances the lives of residents in the community. Sure. So our Mosaic program at the Carrington uh, is a collaboration with partnerships. It's really the care that's available on site to our independent living residents. And it includes partnerships with organizations like Open Arms. So we very much value that Open Arms can provide our residents with caregivers if they need uh, help in their apartment, escorts if they need to go to medical appointments, if, if they have something scheduled, maybe they need a doctor's appointment, they're getting over a procedure um, and, and they can have that partnership, that support and care. Uh, we also have partnerships with two home health organizations, uh, one that can provide outpatient therapy, one that can provide inpatient therapy. And the inpatient um, means that they utilize uh, our community spaces, including our fitness center. The outpatient means that organization can go and provide services in the resident's apartment. And um, we also have our medical director from the assisted living area, Dr. Patel, with Hansa Medical Group, they have nurse practitioners who can visit residents in their apartments for appointments uh, five days a week. They're here Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. We have a, a wellness office in independent living with a community nurse. Our community nurse, Helen, is an RN and a BSN, and she's here Monday to Friday full time to be available for residents. Um, it can be something as simple as providing a sharps container to someone who may be managing their diabetes and helping them with properly dispose of full containers. Mm -hmm. um, and the one of the therapy partners actually has uh, a really neat technology called gate analysis. So we're in the process of uh, partnering with, with them to use this gate analysis technology, which will perform a fall risk assessment for residents and they can offer proactive therapy services. That's fantastic. To, yeah, that is, really oh help them with balance and, and yeah. prevent a future fall. So all of this falls under the mosaic umbrella. And uh, we are always looking for new innovative ways to bring care, including telemedicine, into the community so that residents, if they choose to, can utilize those options right here at home. Yeah, that's wonderful. And uh, the the gate analysis is just so um it's innovative and it's so important because is as for those of us that that have are fortunate enough to have careers in senior living know that falls are the one of the biggest dangers 
for seniors. I mean, it's, it is for the rest of the population, uh, but, but really for seniors, if we can, you know, really work proactively to reduce falls, then that makes people, um, you know, engage in life longer, healthier, happier. You know, I just, and some folks that are listening, I just want a clarification. The Mosaic program, by the way, is fabulous. And I'm very, we are very proud at Open Arms to be part of that team. Um, you mentioned therapy. You mentioned home health care. And a lot of people I've learned outside of senior living get really confused between what's the difference between home care and home health care. And I just want to clarify, when you talked about therapy, the fact that you have partners with um, home health care companies and one of the, or therapy companies. And one of the things that, you know, I think when you mention therapies, what's very, you're talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong, but um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, sometimes speech therapy. And so when people come, you know, if they've had an event and they're hospitalized and they need to get stronger, um, when you have a strong therapy team around them, that allows them to do that much more quickly and effectively. So, you know, having a relationship with therapy companies that can help people, you know, when you, when you have an unfortunate event and you go in the hospital, it, unfortunately, sometimes a lot of people need to get therapy to get stronger. And the fact that you offer that where people can do that within their, uh, you offer teams that can do that within their apartments, or if they don't qualify for that service, allow them to have easy access outside of their apartments. So, you know, it's, it's, those are wonderful resources for people to have. And I hope that was a little bit of an explanation for some folks that aren't in senior living that might not be clear what therapy, what therapy is about. Uh, but the Mosaic program sounds fantastic. Um, so when you've talked to families before, and I know you've talked to so many families, um, about the reasons that they ultimately, you know, they're living their lives and they're living their lives in their, maybe their single family homes outside the community, maybe in an apartment outside the community, um, could be living with a family member, you know, all sorts of different scenarios where uh, people are living. What are some of the reasons people choose to, I mean, you, you talked about the community and there's so many wonderful things, but what are some of the reasons that people will choose to move into? What are some of the triggers or some of the things that people are starting to think about that cause them to, to think about moving into a community like the Carrington? Uh, a major one is convenience. Uh, you talk about older adults um, who have been aging in place in their homes. And for example, my parents or my in-laws, you know, I don't want them getting up on a ladder and cleaning out their gutters. Um, the prospect of maintaining a home can become increasingly difficult and it's a time commitment. And when you talk about older adults who have, uh, you know, completed their careers, they've retired, they're looking forward to enjoying their lives and having a lot more free time. And when you move into a community setting, it's, you know, for example, all your utilities are included in your monthly rent. You don't have to worry about writing six different checks and did I mail this out and do I have to do online bill pay? So the convenience of the community setting, 
um, and what's provided here, you know, internet in your apartment, your, your cable, uh, you have the amenity areas, the fitness center and the pool. It's, it's many, many things that you used to have to do on an individual basis or go out of your home to participate in. And it all just happens here. And, uh, for any of you who are not familiar with a Chicago winter, it is, it is super nice not to have, a, have to shovel snow or leave your community to socialize with your friends, have a meal, participate in a Tai Chi class or uh, a book club or, or even religious services. Uh, they all happen right here. Yeah, great, uh, great explanation. Um, so, and, and let, let's make sure we have time because this, this time goes so fast. Let's let's just let's talk about um, a couple different areas uh, about what a year we've been through with COVID. Indeed, I, it's I don't know about you, but uh, it it was a blur. Right now, it feels like a bit of a blur. There was a lot happening. We were all in senior living, so focused on keeping people safe and well. And um, I know we work together quite a bit, partner together on the, on that topic. Um, you you know at the Carrington that was I know number one your number one priority as we talked about so many so many times you were coordinating vaccinations and uh, and uh, testing COVID testing and protocols in the community. You know, there are lots of people with Mosaic. There's, you know, a lot of support people coming in and outside the community to support the residents. Um, but what were some of the, what were some of the things that you and your team did to keep your community safe and your residents safe during this past challenging years? We're not completely over it yet. We're not out of it, but. It's, I don't know about you, but it sure feels like we're going overall, you know, in, in a really good direction. Um, what were some of the things that you focused on to keep your residents safe and what, what things have kind of carried over now as a result of that? So several of the things we did to keep residents safe, um, you know, we were following I, Illinois Department of Public Health and CDC guidance. Um, obviously to follow that with screening, with temp checks, uh, CDC questionnaires, um, and I think it was March 17th of 2020, the governor announced that all restaurants were closing and, and our, our restaurants in the community had to follow those rules. And we turned around and said, you know what, we're going to deliver three meals a day to our residents in their apartments to make sure they're receiving the nutrition that they need to stay healthy. Um, some things that we also identified uh, were the importance of socialization. So we were able to, something unique that we did was that IDPH said you cannot have visitors in the licensed areas. We're fortunate that uh, we have some outdoor covered patio spaces. So we would bring the residents down to the first floor, open the doors, make sure uh, them and their visitors had masks on and space them at least six feet apart with the visitor outdoors, the residents still in the community, so they could have that important social interaction. Um, our memory care is on the first floor, 
So we encouraged families to come do window visits and check on their loved ones so that they could see them. And uh, we supported our assisted living residents by utilizing, I see a, a viewer question, did you have to depend more on technology to help engage residents during COVID? The answer is yes. And uh, we did that by assisting our nursing staff, our life enrichment staff by providing um, the laptops that we needed or iPads to do Zoom calls, you know, FaceTime to make sure that they could stay in contact with their loved ones. Um, and really, I, the, the biggest thing was staff stepping up to provide care in the community. Um, going back, my predecessor, uh, Jim Biggs, who is, was the previous executive director and is still the CEO of the management company, mm -hmm. uh, he lived here. He was yeah. living in the community when, when this pandemic broke. And uh, you know, a year, year and a half ago, the public perception was that senior communities were uh, at a higher risk than the outside population. Yeah. And uh, we had nursing staff step up and probably about 10 of them uh, moved into the community, into unoccupied apartments. We purchased beds, we put TVs in the apartments for them. We made sure they were comfortable uh, with linens and towels and everything. And they moved in and you know worked double shifts to make sure that we had coverage for the residents and assisted living and memory care and really stepped up. Um, and we had valuable partnerships with Open Arms providing us caregivers uh, when we had scheduling needs. Um, and we've we've submitted a hero award application to Argentum uh, based on those staff members moving in and staying for weeks to make sure that our residents were cared for. Uh, that's, uh, thank you for sharing all that. Cause I, I think that, I, I think a lot of, first of all, I didn't realize that some of your, I knew Jim moved in because I had the pleasure of working with him for pretty closely during that period of time. But, and I know he, how dedicated he was to stay in the community. I didn't realize so many of the other staff stayed in there. That's really, um, you know, that's remarkable. That's really remarkable. And so I, I'm so pleased to give you this platform to talk about that and this topic, um, uh, because I think you're right, um, Tom. I think that a lot of senior living communities got a lot of bad press about, you know, the risk to seniors. And I think what people really didn't often see behind the scenes was the level of dedication to folks like yourself and your team to keep people safe and to keep them socialized and things like that. And, I, and I'm happy to say I've seen a lot of that in the community, but I don't think it catches, it's not often the headline on the you know, the 10 o'clock news or the, um, unfortunately too often we hear, or the story that we hear, it's, it's, the, it's the tough part of the story. So I'm really very happy that we can share this. Um, and obviously I'm a shout out to my team. My team, we had people also um, working, you know, double time to take care of people in places like the Carrington. And thank goodness we had partners like you that helped us do that and in their homes. So there was, uh, I'm very proud of the, of the group of people that I get to work with and know what measures we took to keep people safe the best we could during that period of time. So 
And I certainly saw you doing that and your team doing that at the Carringtons. So that, that is all very impressive. Um, we're almost out of time. And, um, you know, there's so many more questions we can ask. Um, but, you know, I think maybe leaving the conversation on a, on a little bit more of a positive note, talk a little bit about, you did a little bit already, but talk about, you know, opportunities for residents to socialize, both inside the community and outside, because you, you mentioned it, you and I both know that for all of us in our lives, but all, you know, some of, all of us as we get older, the importance of socializing to keep us engaged in life is hugely important, becomes more and more important. So can you share with everybody the kind of things that you and your team do at the Carrington to help your residents with socialization? Absolutely. Um, for us and our residents, it was really important to continue traditions. So while we're following the guidance where uh, we had to limit the number of residents who could be in a common area room, we were able to continue with weekly Shabbat services for residents on Friday evenings um, that they could space out in our fitness center and do exercise uh, and, and just have an opportunity. Having all those common area rooms really allowed us to uh, make opportunities for residents to socialize with each other at a safe distance in a small group. Um, as, as far as I'm aware, uh, we were perhaps the only location on the North Shore that held high holiday services uh, for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur uh, last fall. And we were able to do that outside and use a PA system to broadcast it into several different rooms so that residents could continue those important traditions in a modified way. Um, and I think, you know, a testament to uh, how residents feel about how we did and their families were a lot of positive feedback. We had near daily communications for almost a year uh, that went out by email, delivered directly to residents' apartments on our electronic announcement system that families could download the app for. Uh, we. We thought it was important to do a resident satisfaction survey during COVID. And we had um, an 86% resident satisfaction rating during COVID yeah. um, and maintained that. And I think a 98% resident satisfaction response to uh, our COVID response and precautions. So the socialization is huge and being able to offer that really helped residents get through those tough times. Absolutely. 100%. And those statistics, you know, it isn't really all about client and customer satisfaction and staff satisfaction. And so to get those kind of ratings is really very impressive. Well, well, as I told you and mentioned before we were on air, this will go by fast and it went by fast. Um, so we're, we're out of time. Um, I want to thank you again for joining us. I, I hope this was very um, helpful for people who are thinking about and, you know, wanted to learn more about senior living. Um, appreciate your time, Tom, and, and uh, thanks so much for being on the program. You're most welcome. Thank you for having me, Julie. Absolutely. Have a great day. Bye-bye now. Too. Take care.